Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of Lifehouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. Well, look, today we are on part two of songs for the season. And we asked you this question last week. If, you know, do you have a song that got you through, that got you through a particular season of life? All right, maybe it was a love song that got you through your spouse's deployment. Maybe it was a song of hope that helped you survive your friend walking through cancer. Maybe it was a song that, that, helped you put words to what you were feeling while you were at a job that you did not like. I remember Kristen and I, whenever we first started dating, um, we were separated. I was up in, in, in upstate New York and she was back here in Virginia. And the song that kind of like got me through this whole separation feeling was that song uh, by Brian McKnight, Back at One. You remember that song? Come on, somebody, one. You're like a dream come true, too. I'm going to stop singing because I could sing that song all the way through. But when we were separated, it was that song that put words to what I was feeling and sensing in that season. And it helped me through as we were in a season of, sep- of separation. And the truth is this, though. Songs have power, right? Songs, they have the power to inspire, motivate comfort, bring joy, bring perspective, and so much more. So the question that we, are, the, that we are trying to ask during this series is, what song would you use to describe the season we find ourselves in as America? As we are confronted with economic challenges, an upcoming tsunami of mental health challenges, racism and injustice, and a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic, what song would you choose, should we choose, to help us through this season that we find ourselves in? In the Bible, there is a book of songs, a collection of 150 songs compiled within a book called Psalms. And these songs were written for a nation, Israel, and by this nation, and in the midst of seasons of turmoil, unity, disunity, blessing, crisis, and confusion. And really, in each season, God used these songs that they wrote to help bring rebuke, healing, gladness, clarity, repentance, joy, and perspective. And as we look forward, and and as we consider how as Christ followers, we are going to, uh, I guess you could say, navigate the turbulent waters coming for us and that we are currently in, we need now more than ever songs for this season. And last week, Pastor Dwayne, he talked about the song of unity. And today I want to talk to you about the song of lament. The song of lament. Now that isn't a word we typically use a whole lot in our cultural language. You don't have conversations with people and be like, hey bro, I got a question for you. How is your lamenting going? Do you, you know, it's just like, you don't say so. Have you lamented lately? How, how was this whole lament thing 
going. It's not something we talk about in church or in culture a whole lot. But honestly, I think it's something that we are sorely lacking and sorely missing. And during this season, we've got to be singing this song. Since we don't since, since we don't use this word a whole lot culturally or even in the church, I think it's important for us to define it biblically. Simply put, l- lamenting is a passionate expression of regret, grief, or sorrow. It's us talking to God about our pain, our frustrations, and our fears. Considering this, that God invites us to passionately express to him our sorrows and griefs. Like he actually invites you to say, pour out your heart to me. Now, honestly, you might be like, John, hold on, like, aren't, aren't as Christians we supposed to be like happy, you know, joyful, just always walking in the joy of the Lord? Like, why are we talking about, why does this need to be a song that we sing within this season? Well, honestly, it's crazy to actually see whenever you look in the totality of Scripture, especially within the book of Psalms, that one third of the Psalms are laments. It, it is the various writers of Psalms pouring their hearts out before God, expressing their frustration, their pain, and their anger. One third of the Psalms are exactly those. There's actually a whole book within the Bible called Lamentations, where it is, it is a whole book of the prophet Jeremiah l- lamenting and pouring his heart out to God over the woes his country is experiencing because of their sin. It's a really depressing book. I would not highly recommend reading it when you're not in a good mood. But also, you see, some of the people that God used greatly lamented greatly. People like Job, David, and most notably, even Jesus. You can see Jesus when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was about to face the worst week of his life. He said, my soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. He was pouring his heart out and his soul out. He was saying, God, this is how I feel. Even when he was on the cross being crucified by people that he created, one of the things he said up on the cross was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And what he was actually doing there was quoting Psalm 22. Psalm 22 has those exact words in it. He was saying, he was, he was, he was, he was actually taking a psalm and using it as a cry of of lament saying, God, this is what's going on in my heart. Why do I feel like you have forsaken me? This is a lost art within our church. Because honestly, personally, I grew up in a tradition where it, 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 it was like if you spoke about or even acknowledged what was going on within your heart and it seemed like like you were putting God down or it seemed like you were telling God you didn't understand, you were basically met with trite scriptures. They would say things like, this too shall pass, John. This too shall pass. And you know what? That's not even in the Bible, first off. But, but then they would just give me scripture verses just to kind of basically say, hey, John, just, just stuff what you feel. It's not that bad. You'll get over it. Just, just say these scripture verses and you'll be fine. Or it was perceived as I didn't have faith, right? You were like, you know what? I'm kind of not feeling good. I'm kind of feeling, oh, you don't say that because if you say that, you really don't have faith, right? It, 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 it was this, and possibly your faith tradition has done that to you too, where where basically instead of telling you to pour out your heart before God, it has told you to stuff it. But then too, even even within our culture, we kind of have a stuff it and move on culture. It's like you can't 
acknowledge that, you're, that, that, that you are hurting. Because if you are, you might look weak. And honestly, I believe that if, here's the thing, if we don't lament well, if we don't pour out our hearts before God and be real and candid and actually acknowledge what is going on within us, we actually create underdeveloped and malformed emotionally, emotionally malformed and underdeveloped followers of Jesus Christ. Where we have no real way to process the pain and the sorrow and the grief and the regret that we feel, which we will inevitably face in a sin-filled, broken world where we face death, we face betrayal, we face unforgiveness, we face racism, we face, we face these things and we've got to have a place to say, where can we go with this pain? Because honestly, if we don't lament well to God, what ends up happening is we fall into two different camps, despair or denial. We fall into two different Denial says to pain, frustration, and sorrow, it's not that bad. It minimizes it. You shouldn't even be feeling that way. You're a Christian. Why do you even have those thoughts? I can just toughen up. And despair, though, says, it's all over. I'm done. Things will never get better. This is my lot in life. God hates me, right? Here's the thing. Without the gift of lament, Without a place to process and take our pain, frustrations and questions, our tendency will to be to do exactly one of those two things. Be, be in denial about the pain, frustration, and sorrows we feel, or be in a state of despair with our pain, frustration, and denial. And especially right now in this current climate and condition in, in our country, we need to receive and develop and practice the gift that God gives us of lamenting. Because the truth is this, I know right now you are either grieving, frustrated, or full of, of sorrows, you yourself, or you will be grieving at some point full of, full of sorrows and frustrated. Or right now you've got somebody in your life that is grieving, frustrated, and full of sorrows. You are, you will, or you will be. Right? And just think of why. Because think about how things or just think about how different things were six months ago, right? I, I just, just personally, I think about, I, I had kids in school. I wasn't homeschooling, right? I was thinking I was going to take a trip to Iceland in March and go and see the beautiful country there. And I mean, the church was growing. It was doing great. And I mean, th there was no way that I could per possibly portray where 2020 has gone now. And what it has caused me to do, it has caused me to confront the expectations that I had for this year that are not realities. And honestly, if, if I'm sincere and candid with you, I have had to go through a process of really almost grieving what I thought was going to happen that is not now happening. And I'm sure you're probably there too. Probably why. Think about it. I, and I mean, you know, just think about it. I, I don't think that we saw that high school seniors would not have a real graduation. I don't think we saw that teachers wouldn't even be able to say bye to their students. I don't think that we saw that all of these ways that we, that we once knew and all of these ways of life that we absolutely loved in one day would be gone or we've got to do them with face masks on and social distancing. I don't think we saw that you'd be working from home, homeschooling your kids, or even possibly lost your job. I, I don't think our black brothers and sisters knew this year that they would actually know the names of Breonna Taylor or George Floyd or 
Ahmaud Aubrey in, in the way that, that, that they have and bring up so much pain from the past. I don't think we saw the, the economy tanking the way that, that it has. And honestly, in this season, if we don't sing this song of lamenting the right way, we face the consequences. Let me share them with you. And we, I think we're seeing the consequences within our country. First off, right, if you don't lament, you'll become numb and emotionally malformed. If you don't lament, you won't process your pain. If you don't lament, you won't grieve, which will tempt you to take on a victim mindset. If you don't lament, you'll lash out in vengeance and ungodly anger towards others. If you don't lament, you'll fall into despair. If you don't lament, you won't be able to empathize with others who are hurting. I want to help you today learn to sing the song of lament. I want to give you permission today to cry out to God, to be candid with God, to the creator and the king. Why? Because he actually invites you. He gives you permission to be honest, real, and candid. And today, I think I'm going to free some people today watching from being fake with God. Because here, here, here's the thing. God does not want the fake you. He wants the real you. All of you, the good, bad, and the ugly. And I sincerely believe today that as you learn to lament, it's, it's going to free you to be who you are be, be, before God and ultimately, and ultimately lead you to knowing him better than you ever have. Here's the thing, right? We're actually going to check out Psalm chapter 13. This is King David writing. Uh, and, and, you know, King, King David is kind of like a tale of two lives. You've got someone that was, that, that was called and chosen by God, extremely gifted. Someone that even God said about him was a man after his own heart. Killed Goliath, king, king over Israel. You know, just, just, you know, a baller. But then you've got a side of, of David where David actually slept with somebody else's wife and tried to cover it up, hide about it, and lie. And actually, and actually had that, that woman's husband killed. You can see the tale of two lives here. His family was messed up. His sons had issues. You can see David had incredible highs and incredible lows just like us. Right? And in Psalm 13, we see David writing and pouring out his heart to God that I believe gives us a pathway and shows us how to adequately and rightly lament. We're going to actually read the whole chapter and then we'll break it down. All right, this is starting in verse number one, chapter 13, NLT. This is what it says. It says, oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul? with sorrow in my heart every day. Some of y'all are like, that is my life scripture. Some of y'all are like, that's the way that I feel right now that I have been feeling a long time. That's, you know, con continuing on. It says, how long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. Well, there's so much in these six verses here. So much within these six verses here. But I'm going to do the most pastoral thing ever and give you this, alliteration. I'm going to help you today learn to lament, to sing the song of lament through art. A-R-T. A, it simply stands for this here. 
A stands for acknowledge. If you're going to lament well, you've got to actually acknowledge that you have pain, grief, or sorrow. And this is what David does. He expresses how he feels. He feels abandoned. God, how, how long, Lord? Like, seriously? Really? Like, this has been going on way too long, God. Like, he's pouring out his heart and he's acknowledging his pain. He feels that, that, that his enemies have, have overtaken him. He, he's candid and honest before God. And I think, honestly, during this quarantine and during this time that we have been, in this, you know, essentially shut down in so many ways, that us slowing down has forced us to confront some of the things that have been going on a long time that, that we have just because we've been busy, because we've had responsibilities, we haven't had time. But now that we've got the time, we are confronting hurts and pains and griefs and frustrations that have been there for years. That, that now, because you do have time, you are confronting. Everything, during, everything bad during this time is, is up. Divorce, mental health issues, alcoholism, drug abuse, it's up. Why? Because we have nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. We've got to actually acknowledge and confront the pain and junk going on in our life. We have stuffed it for too long. And what the pressure of this pandemic is doing is bringing to the forefront what has been there for years. And you probably feel this, right? But honestly, this can be a good thing. This can actually be switched. Why? Because you can't heal what you don't confront. You can't heal what you don't name. If you keep stuffing it, God can't heal it. If you don't acknowledge it, God can't heal it. If you don't acknowledge the, 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 that the problem, pain, frustration, grief is even there, you can't give it to God if you don't even acknowledge it. And that's what you see David. David gives you permission to be candid. Like This seems like, like almost blasphemous language. Where you at, God? How, how long? But David had this relationship with God where he could be real, honest, and candid with him. And that's what I believe David is encouraging you to do right now today. Here's, 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 a, here's the thing. David had this relationship with God because he had this intimacy with God. And if you have, and if you have intimacy with God, God knows and sees your heart even beyond what you pour out to him, the grief and stuff, and stuff like that. You've got to acknowledge it. But also a very important part, I believe, of acknowledging your own pain, grief, and sorrows and giving them to God is it also helps you acknowledge someone else's pain. That's what I think we're seeing within this season. What I have observed, okay, is if you don't acknowledge your own pain, sorrow, and grief and lament it and give it to God, you are more likely to deny or minimize the pain, sorrow, and grief of those around you. I've seen that those who can't acknowledge their own stuff and give it to God struggle with, struggle with acknowledging somebody else's stuff. It should be impossible that as a Christ follower, the creator of God listens to, hears you, understands you, acknowledges your pain, grief, and sorrows, and then you in turn turn and, not do, and, and then do the complete opposite of what God did for you. It should be impossible as God acknowledges your pain. We've got to then go and actually acknowledge someone else's pain and not dismiss it, minimize it, give it stats. We've got to go and sit and be present with people who are in pain. Why? Because God does that to you. 
He gives you the avenue, the way to be candid and honest and to lament and cry out to him. And we've got to be that same for other people. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 through 4, Paul, he says this. He says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Here's the thing. We acknowledge other people's pain because God acknowledges ours. If you're going to start this process of rightfully lamenting and expressing and pouring out your heart, you got to acknowledge you got some stuff. You got to acknowledge you got some stuff. But secondly, you can't just, just acknowledge. Secondly, we can see the, tra- the transition here in verse number three and four. This is what David says. He says, turn and answer me, O Lord, my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. He starts to he states, his, he states his problem, but then he asks for God's help. He, he requests, you see him saying, God, answer me. Turn and answer me. Restore the sparkle to my eyes. God, don't let them, don't let them. Here's the thing. How comfortable are you with sharing with God what you really need? How comfortable are you with sharing and asking God what you need? Because I think some, sometimes as followers of Christ, we forget the fact that we have full access to God in prayer 24-7. And you have access to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I think some, sometimes too, we can kind of have the mentality of, oh God, if you're there, if you're listening, if you're not over saving, saving children in India, if, you know, if you're not out fighting the coronavirus in these different countries, if you could just please maybe kind of sort of hear me and maybe do something. And it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's like, no, what scripture tells us to do is to go boldly before the throne of grace because we have a God, a Savior who has been where we are, understands what, what we walk through and wants to help us. I love what, what Hebrews 4 says says this here, it says, now that we know that we have Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God, let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a, a, a priest, a king who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing and experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, take the help. You know, some of the best examples of, of learning how to pray personally have been my kids. No one's taught me how to pray better and to be more bold and more specific with my prayers to God than my children. They don't stop asking me for stuff, ever. Like, Dad, hey, hey, Dad, can we hear Dad, Dad? And they're bold and they're emphatic and they're specific and they're childlike. But I, I can't tell you how many times, y'all, when I get annoyed at them, when I'm ready to like, I can't say that, when, when, when I'm going to pick them up and just be like, stop asking me. You know what? Thank you for showing me how to pray. The persistence. Like Jackson is one of the most persistent kids that I've got, man. He asked me for something, he'll time it. 30 seconds. Come out. Hey, Dad, can we? Another 90 seconds. I mean, he is persistently saying, and it gets to the point where I'm just like, just do it. You know, but, but honestly, we can see. You have full access to go to acknowledge your pain before God, but not just acknowledge it to him, to request his assistance and to request his help and to be specific and bold with our prayers that we can go before the throne of grace and say, God, we need your help. Part of, of lamenting and acknowledging your pain is, is to show you how you can be specific in asking God what you need him to do on your behalf. I want to encourage you to be bold and specific 
with your prayers. Right? But lastly, acknowledge. Acknowledge the pain. Bring it up. Request, re- request what you need. And we finally see here in these final two verses, this is what David says. He says, but I trust. But I trust. And that's what the T stands for. A, acknowledge. R, request. And T, is for trust. You can see he starts off with, but God, where are you? I feel abandoned forever. Where, where have you been? This is what I need, God. But God. But God. But I trust God in your unfailing love, in your unfailing character. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. David ends this lament by recounting the character and nature of who God is. And this is what makes lament different from complaining. Because honestly, sometimes those two things can seem similar. It's like, I'm not telling you just to complain to God. I'm, I'm not telling you just for him to be your BFF, you know, just and you, and, and you just complain the whole time. Lamenting is when you acknowledge the pain, request his help, and then put your trust in his character, his goodness, and his love for you and you recount the faithfulness of God and have trust not just in your circumstances but in the character of who God is. He says, but I trust in your unfailing love. And this, and this process here, is, it's important. Why? Because we can even see in Jesus' life, in Jesus' life, this same process happening in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus, he acknowledges his pain. He says, I've got this. My soul was overwhelmed to the point of death. He is acknowledging his pain. And then we can see his request. Father, if there's any way you can take this cup from me, do it. He's saying, God, if there's any other way that you can save people, do it. Because right now being crucified on the cross is not what my preference is. He asked for his help, but then he says this prayer that is so powerful that you're going to pray in your life if you're going to follow Jesus. You're going to pray so many times, God, not my will, but your will be done. He essentially says, God, I put my trust in what your will is more than what I want it to be. He acknowledged my, he said that my soul's overwhelmed. God, take this from me. He asked his request, but then even Jesus, that Jesus did not even get his personal request granted. Because, but he trusted the will of the Father. When he said, not my will, your will be done. Jesus sows for us what proper, what proper lamenting looks like. Let me tell you this, lamenting will not always change your circumstance but it will always change your perspective. And here's the thing, draw you closer to God. Because what God wants to do more than just do stuff for you, he wants to know you. And let's be honest, the times, the, the deepest relationships that y'all have, every person watching, isn't with someone that it's always just been great with. It's not always that you've just, it's just always been awesome and great and good. The people that you are close with and have done life with and that are your ride or dies are those that have been with you when it's been dying who have been with you through pain, who have been with you through the worst days, those who you've probably experienced conflict with and worked with it through. It's those who you have experienced pain with. And I'm telling you, lamenting 
The goal of lamenting is for you to be closer in relationship with Jesus and have more of the presence of God in your life. It's not to change a circumstance. God can do it and he will do it and we believe it and we'll pray for it. But the ultimate goal of lamenting is to draw you closer into his presence. And that's why in this time of quarantine, we've got the opportunity to draw closer to God in our pain if we see it with the right perspective. And that's why the song of lament is so needed and so important and why it's the song we've gotta be singing. I'm saying, God, we've got pain. God, we need help, but we trust you. But we trust you, church, fam, watching right now. We gotta sing the song of lament personally and pour out our hearts before God, but also sing with those who are hurting and in pain. Acknowledge, request, and trust. My prayer is that during this season that you would not fall into despair or denial, but you would use and utilize the gift of lament that God has given you to be candid, to be honest, to be open, that you would see the privilege it is to pour out your heart your soul and your spirit before the King of Kings and the creator of the whole world. Why? Because he wants to draw you closer to himself. Thank you again for joining us on the Lifehouse Newport News podcast. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Kiln Creek Movie Theaters. Until then, feel free to check us out at www.theaterchurchnn.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much, and God bless.